If you have your Bible, open it to the book of Judges tonight. Judges chapter 16. The passage that was read from Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy reminds us that there is a choice between life and death that God gave to people. There's a way that leads to life and there's a way that leads to death. That's been true in the Old Testament. It's true in the New Testament. It's true today. God places before us choices and we always have a choice to follow the right path. We don't always do that, but death and life hang in the balance of our choices. If we will make the right choices, God will bless us, and if we don't, we pay the price. You know, we have uh, sin, and we're talking about this right now in Bible class. Sin has all but been expunged from our vocabulary. We, we don't talk about sin anymore. We, we don't, uh, well, sin, instead of it being a, a wickedness, we, we call it a weakness now. Instead of uh, sin being called sin, it's, it's a slip or a mistake. Instead of it being called iniquity, it's, it's called an indiscretion. And we can go on with the euphemisms that we use to talk about sin. We just don't talk about sin a whole lot anymore. We're uncomfortable with that. It's, it's negative, and, and so we, we tend to dismiss it. But I think we need to know what sin is, and we need to be reminded of what sin can do. Um, you know, there are things that are dangerous, and we try to point those out to our children as they grow up. You know, you, you, everybody gets the lesson about a hot stove. Don't touch that, you know, or when there's a pan on the stove, don't touch that, don't pull that off. And, and we, we give those lessons, those warnings, because we know consequences follow if you make mistakes in certain areas. And we just need to do the same with sin. I mean, that's what God tells us. And that's why he gave us in Deuteronomy. He said, walk in my ways, because if you veer to the left, you're going to pay a price. You walk in my ways and you'll have life. You walk out of my ways, you're going to have death. And that principle has always been true. And there's probably no better case study of seeing the truthfulness of the fact that we reap what we sow than in the man Samson. Just a couple weeks ago in VBS, we had a really good portrayal of Samson and uh, Delilah. But um, let, let's go back to that story and see if we can learn a few things from this, this Old Testament story. In Judges chapter 16, of course, we know the story. Samson was a child of God. He was a Nazarite, separated from his birth or even before his birth to be uh, a Nazarite for life. God gave him a special blessing. Uh, he had an inordinate amount of strength beyond what is natural for man to have. It was a miraculous thing that God was working with him. And uh, some of the things that he did, you read the events of his life, and, and it's just beyond comprehension. How in the world... But it was because of God being with him. He didn't do it of his own. It's like Gideon with his 300 men overtaking this huge army. Uh, God's working with and through him. But the enemies, the Philistines, were desperate to find out how in the world he, what is his weakness? What's his Achilles heel? And so Delilah worked very diligently to find out where his strength was and if there was a way to remove that strength and of course, she finally found out through uh, quite a bit of badgering and, and so forth 
she finds out his strength is in his hair. Because his hair had never been cut, he, he realized that God gave him the strength. It's in his hair. If his hair were to be shorn, he would lose his strength. And so as you recall, Delilah has his hair shorn. He loses his strength. He's captured by the Philistines. And then a series of events begins to just spiral downward because of his sin. You know, the, the problem uh, begins with Samson disobeying his parents. I mean, he, he starts a course that, well, he, he wants to marry a woman of the Philistines. Well, you don't need to marry a woman of the Philistines. Wrong choice, bad choice. Listen to your mom and dad. They're, they're trying to point, but he wouldn't listen, ran ahead. And what's he doing with Delilah? You know, all these choices that lead up to eventually his destruction, his downfall, eventually his death. But I'd like for us to look at the price of sin tonight, the high price of sin. And I think there are several things that we can see from the life of Samson. Number one, sin cost Samson his sight. Look at what it says in Judges chapter 16 and verse 21. Then the Philistines took him and put out his eyes. You know, that's just, I don't, even, I don't even like to try to imagine what that, I, I don't know what they did. I mean, did they, did they hold his eyes open and take some hot, you know, poker and just like put it against his eye to, to burn it, scorch it so he's blind? Or did they actually put something and pop it out? You know, it's just gruesome to think about. Uh, it's gruesome to talk about, isn't it? You know, uh, I'm getting somebody sick maybe. But, you know, the whole th- the thought of that is just like, ugh, what a terrible thing. But he lost his sight. And it's all because of his sin. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 3 through 4, the Bible talks about Satan being the god of this world and how he has blinded some men. You know, Satan can blind people today, not in a physical sense, like Samson was blinded, but people are blind to sin today. Do you know of people who call evil good and good evil? Why do they do that? Because Satan has blinded them. Oh, there's nothing wrong with going out and, and, and getting drunk. There's nothing wrong with having a fling before you're married. There's nothing wrong with... And, and people will justify the craziest things. The clear... God clearly identifies these things are wrong. And yet people will justify it and offend it and say that you're wrong in opposing people that, that do those things. Isaiah 5 and verse 20 tells us that people can be blinded to the very nature of sin itself. I I can't see what the harm is. Also, the Bible tells us that sin has consequences. Romans 6 and verse 23, the wages of sin is death. The gift of God is eternal life. People are blinded to the consequences of sin. This will cost you your soul. If we consciously thought, if I do this thing, it means hell. We wouldn't do it. But we get blinded to the consequences. We, we, we're blinded by the immediate gratification. And so we go ahead and do those things. But if we would just think, we wouldn't sin nearly as much. The Bible also tells us in Psalm 27 and verse 4 that there is a beauty to holiness. There are people that are completely blinded to the beauty of a Christian life. The fact that we can 
Well, you know, from the perspective of some people, you, you want me to be a Christian? You're kidding me. Christians are boring. And they, they don't go party. They don't, they, don't, uh, they don't live it up on the weekends. They, they can't do this. They can't do that. They're not allowed to do this. They have to do this. And they have to go to church all the time. And they can't... It, you're kidding me. You like that lifestyle? You like someone telling you no and telling you all that? Some people don't see. All they see are things, rules, regulations, fences. They don't see the beauty of holiness. They don't see the pleasure and the beauty of a godly life, a life well lived. And when that's the case, they have been blinded by Satan. Sin costs Samson his sight. It'll cost us our sight too. We can become hardened by sin. We can, we can wallow in it to the point where we can't get out of it. And uh, we, we need to be aware of that. Here's the second thing. Sin cost Samson his freedom. Also in verse 21, not only did they put out his eyes, but they brought him down to Gaza. They bound him with bronze fetters, and he became, became a grinder in the prison. How humiliating this must have been for Samson. This is Samson, the enemy of the Philistines, the champion of God's people, and he is now blind, and he is held by bronze fetters that before he could have just snapped and done whatever he wanted to do. Now they hold him, and he is left to put his hands on a, a wooden peg, probably from a, from a millstone, and he just walks in a circle all day just like a mule or an oxen would. And he just spins this millstone, grinding the grain all day long. How, how humiliating. He lost his freedom. Well, sin costs us our freedom. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 6, verses 16 through 20, well, we're going to be a slave, a servant to somebody. You, you can't get out of that. You're, you're going to do that. You're either going to be a slave to Satan or you're going to be a slave to God. Being a slave of God isn't that bad because God always has our best interest and He'll never ask us to do what is bad for us. His commandments aren't grievous. But being a servant to Satan, it's costly. It's hard. Haven't you seen people that uh, their, their lives are a mess because they're enslaved? Whether it's to you know the contents of a bottle or you know, what sin has done to them and to their families, to their lives. You know, I, when I was in mm, seventh grade, I think, we, we, my house was the neighborhood rallying place. We, we, my dad put up a basketball uh, goal in the back, and we had a parking lot there uh, for the church. And so we, we would play ball right there at the house. And I remember, like it were yesterday, when... I was out there shooting ball with one of my friends lived down the street. And uh, he was talking about how he was smoking marijuana. And I was telling him, man, that's a bad idea. You shouldn't get involved in that. And he's, no, 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 I can quit whenever I want. It's no big deal. And, and we had this discussion back and forth, and I was trying to tell him not to, and he was saying, it's no big deal. I can stop whenever I want to. thing of it is, he never did. 
And when he was a senior in high school, I was walking home from school one day, walked down the street, and I saw an ambulance at his house where they had come to get him. He had slit both wrists. His life was a mess because of the alcohol and the drugs and all the things that were going on in his life, the conflict it brought to his home life, and he tried to just end it all. And I remember, as all that went on, I remember so clearly that conversation. Oh, it's not going to bother me. Well, I can put this down whenever I want. But he couldn't. You know, it's like the story about the sheep that walked by the pig pen every day and and uh, would watch those pigs wallowing in the mud, having the best time, splashing, cool mud. Man, they looked like they are having fun. And every day that mother sheep would tell that little sheep, sheep don't wallow. Well, he got tired of hearing that. So one day when he walked by, he decided to take a little roll himself. And he had the best time until it was time to leave. Because when it came time to leave, he tried to pull himself up out of that mud, and he couldn't. All the weight of that mud got caught up in that wool, and he couldn't, he couldn't pull himself free. He was stuck. What was his pleasure had become his prison. Sheep don't wallow. Folks, Christians don't wallow in sin. You might think you can handle it, play with it just for a little bit. It's not going to burn you, but it will. There's a price to pay. It will enslave you, whether you think it will or not. There are too many lives, too many examples. We all know from, uh, apart from the Bible, we can see from pragmatic, we, we can see that it, this is what happens. People get ensnared, enslaved. Here's a third thing that I can see from the life of Samson, and that is that sin cost him his strength. Look at Judges chapter 16 and verse 19. She lulled him to sleep on her knees, called for a man, and had him shave off the seven locks of his head. Then she began to torment him, and his strength left him. Sin will weaken us. Um, there have probably been times in your life when you know, I am really close to God. And there are probably times in your life when you don't feel so close anymore. And if you've sat and analyzed, well, what's the difference? Why was it that a year ago I was really doing well and now I'm not? What's, what's the difference? Probably sin. You've probably given in in one way or another to sin and it has weakened you. You know, in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, there's, in verse 30, it says that you know, they were abusing the Lord's Supper. They weren't doing it right. They weren't taking it in remembrance of Jesus as they should. And, and he said, because of this, some of you are sick. Some of you are even dead. He wasn't talking about, I don't think, physical death. If you don't do the Lord's Supper right, you're going to drop over dead. I think he's talking about our spiritual state. Um, sin will weaken us. And uh, that was the case with the Corinthians, and it's certainly the case with us. It, it'll weaken us spiritually. It'll weaken us emotionally. It'll weaken us physically. Uh, I've got a friend that I grew up with, again, who got involved in all kind of things he shouldn't have. And uh, it's sad to see where he is today. It, it, it's heartbreaking to see what his avenue, ha where it has taken him. Here's another thing. Sin 
cost Samson his self-respect. Look at verse 25. So it happened when their hearts were merry that they said, Call for Samson that he may perform for us. So they called for Samson from the prison, and he performed for them, and they stationed him between the pillars. And Samson said to the lad who was with him, who led him by the hand, Let me feel the pillars which support the temple that I might lean on them. I've often wondered what it means. Let, let, let's call him out here and let's have him perform for us. I wonder what they did. Because it says he did perform for them. I, I, I don't know that it was willing, but you know, I almost picture some kind of a mockery thing like they did to Jesus. You know, blindfold him and hit him. Who, who struck you? If you're the son of God, tell us. I don't know what they did to Samson, but it was all done for sports. They got a kick out of it. He couldn't do anything about it. And who is it? This Samson, this, the champion of Israel, being led by a lad, a boy, has the power to manipulate this, this once strong, powerful man of God. Can't get any more humiliating. Sin will rob you of your self-respect. It'll make you feel so low you don't even feel like, I don't know if I can even pray to God. I don't know if I'm worthy to ask for forgiveness. I've made so many mistakes, I don't even know if God will listen to me anymore. You're so ashamed and so beaten down by what sin has done to you, you don't even realize how much God loves you. There are people who are like that can't look at the mirror, they're so ashamed of themselves and what they've done, too embarrassed to ever come back because of the shame of sin. But God intends better for us. And then let me bring out this last point, and the lesson will be yours. Sin eventually costs Samson his life. Look at verse six, or chapter 16, verse 30. Then Samson said, Let me die with the Philistines. And he pushed with all of his might, and the temple fell on the lords and all the people that were in it. So the dead that he killed in his death were more than he had killed in his life. So here is Samson, his last bit of strength. He petitions God, just let me have a little more strength that I might defeat the enemies. And God grants that, and he pushes these pillars, and of course it comes tumbling down on him. He's crushed. But he also destroyed many of the enemies of God in that one act. He lost his life because of sin. He was where he was because of sin. What might have been the course of his life and what might Samson have been able to accomplish as one of God's champions had he not kept making wrong choices? What stories might we be reading about of Samson that how the story would have ended differently had he just listened, paid attention to his mom and dad and to the will of God. But we'll never know. Sin cost his life. Well, the Bible tells us the wages of sin is death. Sin will literally cost people their lives. We see it happen all the time. But also, beyond that, it'll it'll take your spiritual life. It'll result in you missing out on heaven spending an eternity in a devil's hell. James 1 and verse 15 says that the end of sin brings death. 
I, I don't want the end of whatever I do to bring death. I want the end to result in salvation, life everlasting. Anything that ends in death, that's not what I want, but that's what James says sin will do for you. Revelation 21 and verse 8, all sinners, and he lists for us a number of sins just representative of those who sin, but he said they'll all experience the second death. I don't want to experience that. I know you don't either. That's why you're here. You're serving the Lord. You want to avoid that, but that's exactly what sin will do. So let me close by just reminding you of this. With reference to sin, it's going to take you farther than you want to go. It's going to keep you longer than you want to stay. And it's going to cost you more than you want to pay. I don't know who coined that many years ago, but uh, I, I think it's a good truth. Nobody, when they start sinning, intend, my friend that was messing around with marijuana, he didn't intend to end up slitting his wrist because his life got in so, so messy. That's what had happened. He went farther than they ever thought he would go. Many people stay longer than they ever thought they'd stay. I never thought it'd grab me like this. I didn't think, on, I didn't think I'd be an addict. I didn't think I'd get caught up in this. I didn't think it'll keep you longer than you want to stay. And the price in terms of your health, your mental health, your spiritual well-being, your family, sin is costly. It'll cost you more than you want to pay. Let's learn from Samson. Let's not run from the consequences of sin. God sets before us two two ways, two paths. One will lead to death. One will lead to life. Choose well. Jesus said in Matthew 7, there are two roads. One leads to life everlasting. One leads to destruction. Choose well. And that's all I'm saying today. Let's remember that it's not just a matter of choosing a road. Those roads take you somewhere. Those roads have a destiny. And you might enjoy the ride, but you're not going to enjoy the end, the destiny, the destination. If you're traveling that road that leads to death, get off while you have a chance. Jesus again said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. If you haven't done that, do that. Get your sins taken care of before they cost you any more than they already have. And if you're a child of God already, but there's sin in your life and you need to say, I need to come clean with this. This is going to get me. And I'm fortunate it hasn't as much as it already has. I need to come clean. If that's the case, we'll pray with you that you'll be stronger, more faithful. If you'll come as we stand together and sing.